0: As for the second thing that I wanted to discuss, it took place on the 29th of January. Now, scientists again have been forced to return to the position that there was an early Earth and that there was a giant impact from a planetary mass object which they have named Theia which left debris that started to go around the earth and formed the moon now they believe this occurred four point five three three billion years ago now this new theory that they've advocated still has yet to dislodge completely the three other theories in the United States, the scientific community, on the origins of the moon, because there is a debate about about the origins of the moon. Now, most scientists in the United States, as of yet, no longer hold the position that the moon used to be the Earth's core. This has been thoroughly routed. It's been discarded. But there are three other theories that are still competing with this new one. The first is that there was a single mass divided into both the Earth and the Moon, meaning that the Earth and Moon had a common ancestor that they had come from, that they separated from. So there was originally one mass, and the Earth and Moon split off from that mass. The second position is that the Moon was already existent and captured by Earth's gravity, just like the other planets in the solar system. the third is that the earth and moon formed at the same time in the early formation of the solar system while matter was breaking away rock samples retrieved by Apollo astronauts were found to be similar to Earth's crust in composition so some theorized it was removed by some violent event now why are these issues so important to us regarding the origin of the moon as well as earth's origins well because scientists whenever we discuss anything we have to return back to its origins let me start first by saying how dismaying it is that Muslims have fallen into the Christian trap from the Reformation onwards. This trap became more pronounced after the Scopes Monkey Trial. If you can look this issue up, this court case, it is very important. Originally in the United States it was the held position that one should teach science in school but that evolution should not be taught because it was unscientifically established it was not established scientifically now today it is the exact opposite the way that this was made possible partly is that an idea was put forward that there is some type of conflict between revelation and science and so christianity was susceptible to this type of thinking or susceptible to falling into this trap because of the fact that they believed that the reason why the first two human beings adam and eve went astray is because they ate from the tree of knowledge So this established a very suspicious attitude in the Christian mind towards knowledge. That it was something that had to be avoided, that you had to be careful with knowledge, and that all new information, religious or otherwise, all new information or new discoveries or what have you, had to be given a certain level of suspicion, or they had to be eyed with a certain level of malice because it was believed that they could be the harbingers of your destruction because they ate from the tree of knowledge now going from that point forward by creating this dichotomy between revelation and science there then formed two parties on either side of the debate The first party were scientists at the far end of the spectrum, the extreme end of the spectrum, who stated that revelation and science are incompatible and science proves that there is no God. This is known as dialectical materialism. Dialectical materialism has been popularized by people in this modern era, such as Richard Dawkins, or Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris. These people popularized the dialectical materialism position in that science proves that there is no God. On the other end of the spectrum, on the far right extreme of the spectrum were those who stated that science proves that there is a God. And because science proves that there is a God, one can use science to prove it. And so, out of this came what's known as the Intelligent Design Movement, the greatest or the uh, the most popular advocate for their position is the Discovery Institute, coming out of Seattle, Washington. They and others formulated irreducible complexity. Intelligent design in nature proves that there's a God because there's no way that this could be done by anyone else both of these extremes are completely wrong and the reason why is because of the original basis of what science is science doesn't prove or disprove the existence of a Lord or a creator at all. It's not used for that at all. The scientific method is nothing to do with proving or disproving the existence of the Lord at all. The point of the scientific method, the point of the scientific method, on which all scientists rely is a general research plan based on methodical observations and experiments. Scientists believe that physical events have physical explanations even if they may be beyond our present capacity to understand them. So, revelation and science are not enemies to each other or incompatible with each other. They're following different roles. So the reason why you can't find any Muslim scientists of the past that ever wrote on intelligent design or tried to bridge the gap between the conflict of revelation and science is because they never did. Because they never viewed the world through a reformation or renaissance lens. They viewed the world through the scientific method lens. Now, best believe that those Muslim scientists believed in the Lord Almighty, they believed the Quran was the eternal speech of Allah, they believed in the revelation, but that's not the point of the scientific method. The point of the scientific method was to explain how things worked. So, both a Muslim or a non Muslim scientist are dealing with the creation after the point of creation they're dealing with it after that fact so whether someone believes it was created or it was not created science deals with after that point and not before so the moment that people start to talk about science proves there is no God or science proves there is a God this person, especially if they're a Muslim, is grossly ignorant, because that is not the point of the scientific method. The scientific method breaks down into three main areas. One is the hypothesis. This is a tentative explanation based on data collected through observations and experiments. And then you, these, you then present these to a community of scientists for criticism and repeated testing against new data. A hypothesis that is confirmed by other scientists gains credibility, particularly if it predicts the outcome of new experiments. So, a hypothesis that then survives this rigorous checking is then given the position of being a theory. Now, theory in scientific language is you've posited that the the explanation and predicative powers of a theory have been demonstrated but it can't be considered finally proved yet the essence of science is that no explanation no matter how believable or appealing is closed to question if convincing new evidence indicates that a theory is wrong scientists may modify it or completely discard it the longer a theory holds up to all scientific challenges however the more confidently it may be held The final stop on this three-prong method is a scientific model is then posited once a theory is found to hold water. So it's a representation of some aspects of nature based on a set of hypotheses and usually including some established theories. Comparing a model's predictions with observations is a powerful way to test whether the hypotheses that went into the model are mutually consistent. So this is extremely important for the scientific method. So the scientists are trying to understand regarding the origins of Earth as well as the origins of the moon. Now, using scientific method, let's talk about why there's problems with most of the three main theories in addition to the other one. The first is, the scientists on the 29th of January said that an early Earth, some 4.533 billion years ago, suffered a giant impact from a planetary mass object, PMO, known as Theia, which left debris that which left debris that gathered around earth and formed the moon now this is a theory why because one of the issues of a scientific model one of the issues of testing a hypothesis is you have to be able to reproduce those events because you cannot reproduce a planetary mass object impact because you can't reproduce those exact things the only other ways to test it would be to look at other planetary impacts that have happened or do occur around your local neighborhood and then extrapolate from that so already this position that they hold it's possible but it doesn't hold up because already at the hypothesis stage it is a little bit shaky now we have three other positions the other position is that there was a single mass divided into both the Earth and the Moon, known as the common ancestor position. This is because the Moon and Earth rocks have a mutual similarity. But that that doesn't necessarily mean that they came from a common ancestor, because if they came from a common ancestor, they should have completely identical parts. The parts should be interchangeable, and the materials should be identical. So this doesn't prove. So this position would most likely not hold up because of the fact that the materials are similar. Just like you can say a Honda Accord and a Prius must have come from a must have come from a common ancestor, but they didn't. There was no car that preceded them that they got all the, par- the parts from. They're interchangeable because they have a common, they have a common design. They're coming from the same source, which is Honda. The second position is that the moon was already existent and captured by Earth's gravity, just like the other planets in the solar system. We'll return back to this second position in a moment. We'll go to the third one, which is the Earth and moon formed at the same time in the early formation of the solar system while matter was breaking away. Rock samples retrieved by Apollo astronauts were found to be similar. Right, So it's the idea of similarity again. So they were formed at the same time which is the third position, or that the moon was already existent and captured by Earth's gravity. Now, both of these are closely related, and would most likely, if you use a scientific method, would most likely be the closest to that position, to the the correct position. The reason being that, as we cannot access the original time period where these events unfolded, we have nothing left but to look at what's in front of us and extrapolate. Even if you look at trying to age the rocks, another issue that happens with the scientific method of many scientists, particularly the American ones, is that they state the Earth is 4.533 billion years old. Why do they state this? Well, because of the fact that they've made some dating on the rocks. But the dating that they've used to date the rocks is based upon an understanding that there is a such thing as a geological column namely that sediments of material are laid down over billions of years and one layer as an example every layer under it is older than it and every layer above it is younger than it and in each layer will be materials that have been deposited with that rock formation whether those be plant materials or organisms along the line of uh, animals or human beings or fossils because they were killed suddenly these will all be examples that you'll find in the sedimentary layer now there comes a point where you reach a complete circle in which you start to argue in a circle where you'll speak to scientists who are using the dialectical materialist model and say, well, how can you be so sure that these fossils are this age? And they'll say, well, look where they are in the geologic column. And then you'll say, well, how do you know that the geologic column is laid in this fashion? they'll say, well, we we know by looking at the fossil index. So these two positions depend on each other to be correct in order for the dating to occur. My advice to Muslims that are looking to go into science is, again, to not try to prove the existence of Allah from science because that's not what science is for. To not try to disprove it because that's not what science is for. Science is to study the mechanics of how the world works around you. And if you adhere to that principle, what does not belong to science can be discarded. An example is these extreme dating methods of billions of years old on the Earth. We're not saying the Earth is 6,000 years old, but nor are we saying it's 4.5, 3, 3, or 4.6 billion years old either. Because there are cracks in that as well. So we have to be able to discard and use the scientific method that all scientists are agreed upon. To look at the mechanics the machinery behind the system if we're looking at the creation around us we're looking at it after the creation so all the muslim scholars and scientists that wrote their science books when they wrote them they might begin with the name of Allah and send peace and blessings on the Prophet but after that point they would discuss for example how the rabbit lives in his burrow how the fox makes his den we're interested in how these things function. Ibn Jahil in his book Kitab al hayawan when he classified animals into different uh, phyla and then he also put them into other subcategories and he explained how different animals are related to each other and how they form systems that is dealing with how the creation's functioning after the system's been set up, after it's been created. So you're not finding ayat from the Quran or ahadith from the Sunnah or other. They're not being mentioned, not because they're not valuable, but because they're not relevant to what science's point is. Someone that's studying geology is not using geology to prove that Allah has created everything. They're studying geology to understand formations of how the world functions to look for future events that could impact humanity. And in the process of doing that, they're looking around them at how those future events could affect, for example, water distribution. So as Muslims... When we read scientific things in articles, we have to adopt a two-pronged position. Number one, we mustn't go to the far end of the spectrum, in which by going to the far end of the spectrum on the left, we then state that science proves there's no God because we don't have proof of this, we don't have proof of that. Science is not for that purpose. It's not been made for that. None of the Muslim scholars of the past have ever understood that. This is a very novel Christian understanding that comes from the intelligent design movement such as Darwin's Black Box or other thing, other books like this on the topic that are completely trash because that's not the point of what science is we mustn't go to the extreme right either to say that science proves God in every single step and way because that's not true either because that is not the point of science any more than that fiqh proves that someone has the correct theology or that theology proves a necessary fiqh ruling those are mutually separate disciplines now those disciplines are connected but they don't necessarily feed and bleed into each other in a way in which one, ex- one exactly and automatically proves the other that's not the point of what those sciences are there for so someone studying automotive automotive engineering or the like doesn't use that to then prove that his house is laying on a foundation of sandstone these are different sciences they're mutually exclusive to each other they don't contradict each other they have separate functions and responsibilities that they fulfill now when someone is saying could you use the scientific method (coughs) excuse me could you use the scientific method to prove That there is a creator and a lord and a master overall. Well, now we're discussing whys. We're no longer discussing how, which is science, which deals with science deals with after it's here. Now we're talking about things before that point, which are now outside of the domain of the science that we would normally use. But we can use methods to establish things, and we can use scientific methods. To establish that there's a Lord overall. But we wouldn't say that science proves it, but we can say that there are methods, scientific methods that we can use. And this is extremely important as we go forward because the same way that Christians have been shellacked and beaten into a pulp um, over trying to use the intelligent design argument is the same way that Muslims have and will be beaten into a pulp by abandoning the scientific method and going to one of the two extremes there is a reason why Allah the Exalted has described this Ummah as being a middle Ummah this Ummah is always in the middle of things they're never on two extremes they're always in the middle they're never to the right they're never to the left they're always in the middle and that is my supreme advice so when we look at these findings that scientists have made we have to separate the science from the actual dialectical materialism, which is the belief that there is nothing besides this material reality. We have to separate that because, again, that's not what science is for. So stating that the Earth is 4.533 or 4.6 billion years old is assuming that the Earth's Earth radiation and the rock formations have always been the same and that there's been a consistent continuity, which is uniformitarianism. That's wrong. Likewise, Christian catastrophism, which holds that the Earth is 6,000 years old, that's wrong. They're both there. And Imam al-Jawzi said that uniformitarian and catastrophic principles are both at work in the Earth. Not one over the other, but they're both at work. And And people who are honest scientists, whether they're atheists or not, will tell you that... The original materials that we would use to definitely prove either position no longer exist because they were either eroded away or melted. The original rocks where we could definitely know how old the Earth was have either been eroded or they have been melted away and are part of the Earth's core. They were molten and no longer are with us. This has been established by such outstanding geologists as Frank Press, there's also Raymond Seaver, John Grotsinger, and Thomas H. Jordan. I would strongly advise any listener to obtain the books Earth, which is by Frank Press, and Understanding Earth, which is put together by Frank Press, Raymond Seaver, John Grotsinger, and Thomas Jordan. They themselves admit in the opening pages, these are the top-level geologists, that... The position that they've adopted is not completely within the scientific method because it is based upon, number one, an assumption, and number two, it acknowledges the fact that the original materials that would have been used to age the earth are no longer extant, which means that it's an extrapolation. And he, every chapter, will acknowledge that there are potholes. Now, this honesty doesn't filter down to the college or university professors who have ad- who many of whom have adopted a dialectical attitude so what is we as muslims have to do is return to the scientific model and to be honest with ourselves so i say here aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah li wa lakum astaghfirullah inna allaha ghafur rahim rahimin wa la ida ha inallaha wa assalamu alaykum